Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag NBA. feel 100% comfortable, but, you know, it's a risk that I'm willing to take. This is what we do. This is our job, and this is how we take care of our families, and there is my way of providing for communities and impacting my community, so to play the game I love, to resume the season, you know, I guess it's a, it's a risk that I'm willing to take. That's Damian Lillard right there, the Blazers star, not 100% comfortable with going back, but he says uh, we bring a lot of financial responsibility to support black businesses and black communities, so it makes a lot of sense for us to return from that standpoint. He says, I think a lot of the guys in the league have a point. I think Kyrie and Dwight have a point, so I understand it all, but he's in favor of coming back and it sounds like after this discussion we're hearing more voices say that. Ed Davis, jazz man, gave an interview to Hoops Hype and uh, spoke along the same line, so yes, PK, there's a lot of discussion, but at the end of the day, it still looks like they're going to play. Yeah, what does the NBA do for uh, black businesses? Is it going to be particularly in Orlando? Where are we going with this? I, from what I got, you know, listening or reading the Ed Davis interview, I think, and reading this, this little quote now, I think it's more about guys going out and spending money, partnering with people, investing in businesses, that kind of stuff. I don't think it's the league doing it. I think it's individual players deciding to do it. Yeah, the what I got from Ed Davis is, man, don't take my money out of my pocket, which I support Ed Davis 100%. Yeah, I think he said that. He also said as a, as a 10-year vet, although he wanted the money, uh, it wasn't going to make him or break him. He also talked about, hey, we have a responsibility the guys who came before us, who paved the way for us. We have to do that same for the next generation. He had a quote about Donovan Mitchell. You know, if things were to go wrong with the CBA, if there was a lockout, which he thought was a definite possibility, young guys could see a max contract, but instead of a $160 million max contract, they might be looking at a $90 million max contact contract. And says if those guys are going to have generational wealth and if we expect them to invest in businesses, we got to help them. So I think they're going to play. Yeah. I think $90 million is generational wealth. I, w- I wouldn't really have any idea. But uh, that's a way I would look at it. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, when it comes to money, man, I don't tell anybody what to do. <laughs> and, and however, they want uh, they were going to earn 90 and they want 150, go get 150. It's your money, man. You should be able to decide what you want to do on this. And Dwight Howard, I mean, he's, got, uh, he's entitled to his point. <laughs> Dwight Howard, really? Dwight Howard? DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Utah sent out a release yesterday. It's official. They're letting Wasatch Academy stand out. Caleb Lohner out of his national letter of intent. He had signed with the school, but they're going to let him go. And uh, no holds barred on this one. and go wherever he wants. And all indications are he wants to go to BYU. So expect him to sign with the Cougars and hear an official announcement on that in the coming days. Got a question up about that at Facebook. And I know Facebook's been down. It's been hard to access. But PK, believe it or not, Uton Cougar fans found a way to get on they Facebook. They still made it through. They still made it through. There's issues. I did not know Facebook was down and hard to get on to because I don't do Facebook. So 
I have no knowledge of that. Uh, but yeah, I got my thoughts on it. I, I just don't know if it's the right thing. Uh, former Utah forward Booth Gotch announced he's transferring to the University of Minnesota. Gotch had entered his name into the NBA draft, but he's going to withdraw from the draft and he's going to go play for the Golden Gophers. So, another transfer for the Utes. We can get to all of that coming up in the next segment. Stay with us. Hashtag NFL. If he wants to resume his career in the NFL, that obviously is going to take a team to make that decision. But I welcome that, uh, support the club making that decision and encourage them to do that. If his efforts are not on the field, but and continuing to work in this space, we welcome to that to that table and, and to be able to help us and guide us and help us make better decisions about the kinds of things that need to be done in communities. That's NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell welcoming the thought of Colin Kaepernick coming back to the league. But the owners have been quiet. There must be conversations behind the scenes or Goodell wouldn't come out and say this, but waiting to see if a team offers it to Kaepernick and then waiting to see if Kaepernick takes it. Two things that have to happen, and most of the quarterback slots are filled right now, so I think if this happens, PK, it's going to be a midseason deal after teams get hit with injuries. Whatever, man. <laughs> I'm tired of talking about it. 49ers gave head coach Kyle Shanahan a multi-year extension. He had three years left on his deal. Now he's got a brand new six-year, or he had three years left on the six-year deal. He's got the multi-year extension that goes through 2025 now. He's now one of the five highest paid head coaches in the NFL. Going to the Super Bowl has its rewards. To be clear, it's Kyle, not Mike. I said Mike, Kyle, my bad. And certainly born into the family had rewards too. Yes, it did. <laughs> Not the first or the last time the Niners have uh, found themselves with an ex-head coach or a head coach who was the son of an ex-head coach. A number, a small number of Cowboys and Texans players, including Cowboys star running back Ezekiel Elliott, have tested positive for COVID-19. Elliott's uh, upset. Tweeted out HIPAA question mark that his his health situation is out there with his name on it. Uh, you neglected to say, but was feeling good. He is feeling good, apparently. On a call, uh, including the NFL Players Association Executive Director DeMarie Smith, President J.C. Treader, and NFL Medical Director Tom Meyer, the union said players could be tested roughly every three days for the virus and would be isolated if they tested positive, according to reports. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. In light of today's tweet with the uh, t-shirt I was wearing, I uh, I met with some players and uh, realized it's a very sensitive issue with what's going on uh, in today's society. And so we had a great meeting and uh, made aware of some things that uh, players feel like that can make our organization or our culture even better than it is here at Oklahoma State. And I'm looking forward to making some changes, and it starts at the top with me, and we got good days ahead. That's Mike Gundy, head coach at Oklahoma State. He wore a One America News shirt. That upset some of the players, including the star running back, Chuba Howard. So he tweeted about that, and then they talked, and Gundy cut that video. There were ex-Oklahoma State uh, Cowboys also coming out upset with Gundy. 
And we'll talk with uh, Barry Trammell, sports columnist for the Oklahoma and NewsOK.com coming up at 8 o'clock. Well, I have to admit, uh, until yesterday, I had no idea what OAN was. Now I know. TV network not available in a lot of homes. I don't know that it's available here in Utah. Maybe it is. I haven't seen it, but I've heard. Never heard of it until yesterday. Yeah, I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. And Iowa reached a separation agreement with their longtime football strength coach, Chris Doyle. He's placed on administrative leave June 6th after a large group of former players come outspoken about mistreatment in the program. Most of the allegations came from black players and focused on Doyle. He gets 15 months' salary, a couple payments of uh, a little over half a million dollars, and they get benefits from Iowa for 15 months or until he finds employment elsewhere. See you later, man. That's a nice little party gift. That, that is a nice little party gift. 1.1 right million to go away. Yep. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. I do learn as I go along. Given how long my 100% prediction lasted, I'm not going to handicap it again, but it's something less than 100, that's for sure. The best opportunity to make an agreement is always to get into a room face-to-face, discuss the issues, and, and, and try to find a cooperative path forward. That's Rob Manfred, Major League Baseball Commissioner, walking back the uh, 100% comment. He doesn't think there's a 100% chance of having a season now. Tony Clark, Executive Director of the Players Association, issued a statement that read, Players are disgusted that after Manfred, Rob Manfred unequivocally told the players and fans there'd be 100% via 2020 season, he's decided to go back on his word and is now threatening to cancel the entire season. So, maybe we are looking at some type of... Uh, lockout or something and there'll be no season and then we'll go into next season and on it goes or after all this barking at each other they'll find out a way to play anyway well when they reach that conclusion either way you make sure to let me know okay what is trending is brought to you by shamrock plumbing receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at shamrock plumbing 801-295-1690 that's shamrock plumbing all right, coming up next, reaction to the news. The Utes are going to let Caleb Lohner out of his letter of intent, let him sign wherever he wants, which we'll assume is going to be BYU very quickly. We will get to that next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated. The question is just going to be how many players decide to sit it out. And I'm sure there are going to be some players that decide not to go for various reasons. But regardless of that, the season will go forward. Nothing that's gone on is going to dissuade the league from following its timeline. They've done the right thing in being in lockstep with the union. Michelle Roberts, Chris Paul have been part of this process every step of the way. So there isn't the kind of discord that we're seeing in Major League Baseball right now between the NBA and top student officials. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction is guaranteed. Master Electrical will light up your day. All right, question of the morning, Caleb Lohner. Utah's letting him out. 
of his letter of intent, granting him his release. Looks like he's going to attend uh, BYU. We're waiting for the official announcement, but I think we'd be shocked if it was anything else. So what do you think about this? And put it up on Facebook. Uh, got a wide range of uh, answers right here. Uh Tony is okay with it. He says, Ute basketball is a dumpster fire right now, and the highest paid coach in the Pac-12 is the one that lit the match. The worst thing ever is having a team, uh, having a player on your team that doesn't want to be on your team. So Tony going right to the point here. They've had guys transfer. If you bring in a guy who really doesn't want to be there, are you just setting the course for him to be upset? And then he gets other teammates upset. And you're going to have even more transfers. Well, they didn't bring in a guy who doesn't really want to be there. No, but if you he wanted did. to be there, he committed to them. He's been committed to them for over a year, and then he signed. So that's not true. He didn't. They, Larry didn't bring in a guy who didn't really want to be there. But if you brought him in now, when the season started, he wouldn't want to be there. I get that he wanted to be there when he signed the letter. Now, well, suppose he doesn't want to be there in in January. Suppose he doesn't want to be there in March. He doesn't want to be there in December. So the second he doesn't want to be there, you're free to go? Is that the worst thing you could do is bring in somebody who doesn't want to be there? I think usually if you don't want to be there in March, at the end of the season, you get released and you transfer. I think that's why we have 800, whatever the number is, y'all can look it up, but 800-ish guys transferring every year. That doesn't great, but how about the one time that that doesn't happen? Suppose he doesn't want to be there in December. Trent Whiting didn't want to be there in December several years back. So usually, usually it's great unless it applies to your circumstance. Tyler says, "I didn't think he'd release him. Honestly, I think no matter what Kristoviak would have decided, it would have been deemed either right or wrong." Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't. I don't know that he was in a no-win situation. I just, uh, I just have problems with you're going to be committed the whole time, and then saying you change your mind, nothing you sign matters. You get to walk. Yeah, see, to me, this is different. Now, I'm not saying that the young man doesn't have the right to do it, but I would have to know the circumstances, and I honestly don't know the circumstances. So, it's a little bit different. Like we just had Steve Cleveland on, saying, you know, by your second year, if you're not playing. You should consider transferring. So by the second year, if a kid isn't playing and he walks into the coach's office and says, hey, I'd like to go someplace else, coach is probably not surprised in the least. Coach probably isn't but, upset. He probably wants the scholarship back because he wants to go get a better player. If, uh, Yeah, I don't know about that. But, I mean, not everyone. You need roster players. You need practice players. Uh, but possibly. But a high school kid, and apparently this kid's good. I've never seen him play. I don't pay attention to high school stuff, very little. Uh, so, but apparently they say he's really good. You know, Steve Cleveland said he's bouncy, and I talked to other folks about him after it became something that I should educate myself on. And, you know, I got good reviews, somewhat of a streaky shooter. Uh, I could go on his reviews, but that, that's not really not the point. Uh, the kid has never been in the program. So Larry ha- has ha- had him this whole time and now doesn't really have a time 
to replace him. Whereas a kid in the program, they know whether a kid is interested in staying or not. So he has plenty of time, the coach does, to recruit. Well, now he's got zero time. Because you told me for over a year that you were committed to me. And then before you even get there, now you're not committed to me. I mean, could you imagine the outrage if a coach had a commitment from a kid who signed his senior year? Because they committed the August of going into his senior year, whenever, before his senior year, whenever that might be. I yeah, just picked it was, August. It was, it, was, it was August. Okay. That's, that's random. But uh, he commits sometime before his senior year, whenever that might be. Okay, son, we got you. And then he signs when, whenever the signing is in November, December, whatever. And then, two months before school, the coach calls him up. Yeah, I'm really sorry, but we're not going to honor this scholarship. Not that the kid did anything wrong. You know, it's not like he had any issues legally or what have you. But just decided in the middle of June, yeah, I just decided I don't want you anymore. There would be outrage. There would be outrage. (laughs) This is how college athletes get treated. (laughs) They are fill-in-the-blank pieces of property, these college coaches who don't care about anything but winning. Yeah, you have to look at both sides. If, if, if Gundy wore a CNN shirt yesterday, would there have been outrage? Probably. Some things are politically Probably correct, not. and some things aren't. It's like the NFL now, Goodell, man, he has got to be the most politically correct dude anytime he speaks. If he says hello, it better be in multiple languages because somebody's going to be upset. And so here, you look at the other side of it, everybody would be outraged if Larry said, I just don't think the kid's good enough. I've reviewed it. And, uh, a, college coach, it a college coach would get annihilated for doing that. Yeah. Now, they do it essentially when they're in the program. So I think there's difference there. Before you even got there. How do you know you don't like it? You haven't even been there. You don't, but you think you want to be somewhere else, so you say it and and you get out. And you're right, the timing, and Steve Cleveland has pointed out, the timing's brutal because they were recruiting other kids for that spot in case they didn't get him. And once they got him, then they stopped recruiting all those other kids, so now you can't replace the talent. I mean, you can't. Everybody else is signed at this point. There's, 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 there's no really good players lying around that you're just going to plug into that spot. That's not going to happen. And this idea that you don't want a kid in your program who doesn't want to be there, well, that was never going to happen because there's no legal situation that forces any young person to go to the school. It's not like armed guards were going to come to his house and escort him to the U of U. That's not the point. So to say, well, you don't want somebody in your program who doesn't want to be there, that's never going to happen. That wouldn't have happened in this case with or without the release. The release just allows the kid to be free to play immediately at the other institution without having to lose any form of eligibility. It wasn't a matter of does he have to go there or not. He doesn't have to go there. That part's true. But if you talk him into going and, and tell him you're not letting him out, and he doesn't want to take a gap here because he'd always have the chance to, well, I'm just not 
I'm not coming. I'm going to take a gap year and sit out, which doesn't happen either. But if you talk him into going and lean on him, get him to go, and then he ends up upset in the middle of the year and, you know, dissension, players talking, that, that's a bad scene. And I, I, I think that's one yeah, of the big things that that wasn't going to this. happen. That wasn't going to happen. Because you think he was going to walk no matter what. If, he, if someone doesn't want to be there, I can talk till I'm blue in the face. It doesn't matter. I have no legal authority to force you to come here. So in the end, if he wants to go or if he's ambivalent about going or if he's dead set against going, he doesn't have to go. There seems to be this misnomer that if Larry doesn't release him, the kid has to go there. No, he doesn't. Under no circumstance does he have to go there. That's just not the way it is. Yes, there's ramifications if he doesn't go without the release. I understand that. But he doesn't have to be in the program. They're making it sound like some of the things you read, the first one you read, is that, well, he would then have to go there. No, he wouldn't. He would still choose to go there. Even if he didn't want to, he would still have the opportunity to choose, I want to go there or I don't want to go there. Chrissy Post. It's up to the kid. Go ahead. Chrissy Post, yep, it's good they let him go. If a kid doesn't want to be there, cut him loose. As Coach Witt says, all in or in the way. Good luck, Goldilocks. Go Utes. And got three thumbs up for that. And under most cases, and maybe if I knew the the details on this case, I would say absolutely. But I, I don't know the details on this case. I'm speaking generally. It's not to any particular kid. I wouldn't know this kid from anybody. I have no idea what type of player he is. Don't really know anything about it. Uh, I'm speaking in a general circumstance. Nothing specific to this young man. I'm sure, they're, they've got their legitimate reasons. Blah, blah, blah. I just don't know what they are. I'm speaking generally because it's about a rule. And I just have, I have, if the kid's in the program and he wants to leave, he wants to go close. And then a lot of times, the old Jim Boylan line, when you get a foreign kid and things don't go well, they go home. Well, that happens a lot in an out-of-state kid. Look no further than Booth Gotch. He's going home to Minnesota. I mean, they tend to go home. And we've had a number of kids here who've gone out of state and then they want to come back, back into the state. So they want to go home. We see that. That happens a fair amount of time. So but that's when they're in the program. I'm talking about a kid coming out of high school who hasn't even been there. So you don't have any idea whether he likes it or dislikes it. He hasn't been there. Haven't had one day of class. How do you know? And you and you're having the coach who spent all this time, and now he's got Larry's got nothing to show for it. And what was he too hard on him? Well, I don't know. He didn't even coach him. Uh, did he not get playing time? I don't know. There is no playing time to give out. <laughs> so that's why I'd have to know the circumstances. It's nothing against this individual young man whatsoever. Absolutely not. I hope he flourishes at BYU and or wherever he wants to go. And if he wants to play in the NBA, great. I'm speaking on a general principle here. It's it, he he hasn't most a lot of the times. It's about playing time or shots. You know, shots and playing time sort of go hand in hand. Well, there's no shots to be taken and no playing time to be had. So it really can't be that, right? Wouldn't think so. I mean, from everything we heard, you know, he's really good, and there would have been some playing time and shots there for him. 
So I think the scenario that Steve sketched out there seems more likely. That, you know, his dad played at BYU and he wanted to go to BYU, but they had a coaching change and he didn't know what to make of it. And he signs with the U and then he sees BYU have a really good season and he starts thinking, that's what I really wanted to do. Oh, so I found a cuter date to the prom. Okay. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. All right. Justin says this is a great move by the Utes because uh, Loner came to his senses and decided to go to the right school, a school on the way up and not down like the Utes are going. That got three thumbs up. That's just rivalry talk right there. Cougars pounding away on uh, Utes. Yeah, and Utah beat BYU when they played last time. Shelly says, better to release him rather than require him to stay if he doesn't want to be there. Sad, but true. And those aren't the two choices. You, you've created two choices, but those aren't the two choices. Brooks says, did the right thing. Who wants a player who doesn't want to be there? The press release sounded a little bitter. Just make it official and move on. Oh, I have no problem with what Larry said. Larry spoke <laughs> the truth. Being and, a little bit off, but well, sure, yeah, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, more often than not, Larry speaks the truth. I've found him. I found him to be very candid in his interviews. I actually enjoy hearing Larry speak. If you don't, the times that I've spoken to him, he's been a great interview. If you don't get why he's bitter, you haven't fully considered the timing and the inability to replace the player. Yeah, duh. Right, he wouldn't be a human being, man, if he wasn't upset by it so i had zero problem with the press release and it's a classy thing to do and you know steve cleveland said about how he heard mark harlan was involved in it and mark you know i appreciate and respect them for doing what they did they didn't have to do it and the kid wasn't going to go there either way the the release of the kid of the getting him out of the letter of intent really has no bearing on whether he's going to go there or not so two different things there. They allow him to go. And if he ends up going to the rival school, I can tell you when they were in the same conference, man, Chris Hill just absolutely hated that. He wouldn't accept kids from BYU. Now, it's different. They're not in the same conference anymore. But, boy, that, that Trent Whiting thing. That was a big deal. He big was furious, absolutely furious, because he knows of, and it's old, it's obviously water under the bridge, long gone, but he knew of several players who were at BYU and inquired about going to Utah. One of whom was that went on and had uh, well, he ended up playing a little bit in the NFL at BYU at a at the quarterback spot, and there was some inquisitions made, and uh, Chris didn't want it. Chris felt like he could not do that, and that was when they were in the same conference. Uh, different different situations so i appreciate and respect mark and larry for doing what they're doing i think steve cleveland's point uh could be right he said you know they could be on the other end of this one day and it'll be a big plus for him or that's just too big a roll of the dice to take right now well you could argue that Larry is coaching for his job this season, so one day, what, what is good, one day? Isn't good enough. Yeah. <laughs> We're running out of time for one day for him, if that's the case. I hope they kick butt. I hope it's like Kyle when he had the two five and seven seasons. 
you can argue that his job was on the line in that third season. Most coaches aren't going to survive three losing seasons, and Kyle came through, and I was pulling for him big time. Same way I'd be pulling for Larry big time here this next season. I don't know what type of season they're going to have with so many young fellows. Um, and Majerus, uh, he, it's not that he wouldn't play freshman, but he hated relying on freshmen. Can't tell you how many times. Freshman's just four years removed from eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> he used to say that. <laughs> I think, wow, eighth grade? <laughs> you're getting a you're a child then, man, not a young man. And so, you know, and Chris Burgess had that quote. I think it was, I keep saying it was Chris Burgess, but I'm pretty sure it was some, I think it might have been in the Desert News that I read it to where he, Chris said uh, the goal is to get old and stay old. Well, yeah. Absolutely, you know, unless you can you can recruit those those guys who are going to be drafted after their first year, you, you'd have to think that getting players who are older are it's just going to be better for you again because the some of these kids you're recruiting. Gonzaga's had some players they they may not leave after the first year, but certainly they leave after uh, before their eligibility's up. And they've had they've had one and done. Zach Collins the the kid for a place for Portland now kid out of Vegas who went to Gonzaga he was a one and dunner uh, yeah, so they've had them they have so if I've if, if I got a four-year kid going up against Zach Collins in the moment the four-year kid might be better than Zach Collins even though Zach Collins has got the professional uh pedigree that's going to allow him to be better over the long term well, that's the thinking why we've seen some big-name programs crash out of the NCAA tournament in the first or second round, and we've seen yeah. mid-majors able to get, you know, overachieve their seed, get to a Sweet 16 or an Elite 8 right. or whatever. Right, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a pattern. In the, and, and credit BYU for recognizing it and going with it rather than just going the traditional way of having a basketball program. You know, that doesn't necessarily work compared to what you can do over here. And we'll see who's going to end up playing. I would assume these two grad transfers that they have are going to play or else they wouldn't go there. Uh, so uh, they'll those, those guys provide all sorts of maturity and ability to go with it. And particularly for BYU, when you have the honor code, the LDS deal, uh, as Harm said, I'm 22, 23 years old here. I can, whatever, whatever rule you got for me, I can handle it. I mean, the rules that they have at BYU, they may be outrageous by some standards, but they're not super over the top that you can't abide by them for a few months. And at the very least, if you can't abide by them, don't get caught. <laughs> There's that. And I was, well, I don't want to give up names, but I was in a conference session with, uh, and I'm talking about an athletic conference, not a church conference, uh, where a reporter specifically asked someone at BYU who was a player, uh, how do you handle the rules? And he looked at her and he said, I go to Salt Lake and Park City. <laughs> and I'm standing right there. <laughs> so, and most BYU fans couldn't care less either way because <laughs> what he was doing wasn't illegal. It's not what he was saying. I, he wasn't saying, I go to Park City or Salt Lake City and do illegal things. No, I do legal things, but that are against the code. That was the implication. And that, he probably wasn't the one who figured that out. 
That was, no. Learned that from one upperclassman. It had been passed down for another upperclassman. There are stories like that that go back to before you and I were here, and we both heard them. Right. I mean, when I want to get crazy, I usually get on the freeway, go down to Nephi. Yeah. <laughs> Nephi, nice. Nephi, the Kinnahans are coming. Why don't you understand? Well, no, no. It, 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 it is, it's singular. That's the whole thing. Oh, really? Ah. Yeah. The wifey doesn't know when I go crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when I go to St. George, it takes me about eight hours because Nephi, Fillmore, Beaver, I'm hitting every <laughs> hole there. Scipio. Every watering hole yeah. that they have. Now, Scipio just has the gas stations. So. Hey, hey, it has a petting zoo, so don't don't forget to check well, out. Well, yeah, time. I create my own petting zoo, so to speak, you know, wow. when I go to oh, Fillmore. Oh, goodness. Wow. You did that, Yach. <laughs> you I, did I that. I should have not ever brought that up. That's Yach one. Because I am an animal when I get in Fillmore. Bada bing! Keep them coming. <laughs> you know, I get your point on, uh, you know, Larry could be running out of chances and all that, but I'm also not convinced. In normal times, sure, but, you know, it looks like schools are going to take a financial hit. I think the only question is how big this year. So I don't know that buying out a coach with two years left on a contract, and it, it could happen, but I, I don't think it's a lock. And I, I know that might sound weird to people, but these are unusual times, and I think the buyout would be about $6 million or so. So it could, it could be his last year if they miss an NCAA tournament. He could, he could make it, and then it wouldn't be. But if he missed it and they didn't have the money or thought it was a bad look from a PR standpoint, I wouldn't rule out another year. Well, neither would I. But the same year in football, two schools who don't sell out their games – each shelled out $10 million to replace the coach. So no matter what your times are. It might happen. When is it, yeah, when is it ever good to pay $10 million to somebody not to be employed there? And, and the reality is the coach that you would bring in, probably not going to do a whole lot better. <laughs> I mean, I saw Dennis Dodd did a big piece on who's laughing now on Herm Edwards. He went seven and six and eight and five. I mean, really? Who's laughing now? What has he proved? What has Herm Edwards proved that they had to get rid of Todd Graham? The only thing that he's done differently is recruited California successfully, and Todd sucked at that at the end. I mean, the one year he literally had no one. Considering it's way too hot in Arizona and most of the kids want to get out, you're not going to have success there. So you got to go to California. Because, and we've heard it, we've heard it from so many Utah people, oh, I don't mind the heat. Yeah, because you've never lived in that day after day after day when it's literally 110 in May. And it's going to stay that way until the middle of October. And at 10 o'clock at night, it's 102. Until you've been in that every day for years, shut the bleep up. (laughs) So, my wife, where was she? Uh, Oh, she was getting the dog's nails trimmed the other day. And she was talking to someone, and they lived down at 35th and Bell, which is in the Phoenix area, right on the border of Glendale. It's less than a mile from where my sister lives. And the gal said, yeah, man, you walk out at night, and it's like an oven. She lived there. So they're not going to have success there. So they've got to go to California. Graham didn't get any California kids. But really, seven and six is eight, eight and five. That's financially responsible to pay somebody $10 million 
and bring in somebody who does that? And all of us, and now, well, he's certainly answered all the criticism. No, he hasn't. He's just done what everybody else has done. As I told you, every time one of those polls come out, that Pac-12 thing on Twitter, you can count on the Devils to be ranked between fifth and seventh almost every time. <laughs> Most first downs in the last decade. Yeah, yeah whatever you. it might be. Sixth. <laughs> Yes. It's true. I never look for that because I don't. I just don't think about ASU to, that often. But once you started saying that, and I started paying attention, there it was. In yeah, plain sight. So how is that financially responsible in the best of times? Now I hope Larry keeps his job. I hope they go to the NCAA tournament. I like the man. I, I I don't know him well, but I appreciate his willingness to address issues. And I saw some people say, "Oh, he's so bitter on that." Give me a break. He's so bitter on that. He had a player who he thought he had in the fold, and before day one even arrives, the player wants what he's. Hey, way to go, buddy! Great decision by you. I wish you the best. Have a great time. And if anybody wants to do it on our program, now's the time. I'll release all of yous, and I'll have a smile on my face. DJ PK, it's ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. TV wants yeah. live sports. They are desperate for live sports. Yeah. We're hey. watching the KBO for crying out loud. It's still on ESPN. You can catch the KBO twice a day. I tried. I couldn't do it. I could do it for the first couple of days, but there's just nothing to really It's like when you really try to do a crash diet and you're looking at that plate of kale and you're like, I'm not quite hungry enough for that yet. But if I put ranch and bacon on it. Then we got a chance. And put it on a burger. Yeah. And then remove the kale. <laughs> as you ate the burger. <laughs> then we got something. How did you sneak on there? Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. With a little extra time on your hands, it's time to talk about what we're doing to kill time. What did you watch last night? With DJ and PK on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Too much time on my hands. Too much time on my DJ PK is brought to you by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. See anything good on TV last night, PK? Anything catch your eye? I watched the fourth quarter of the Bucks uh, Jazz game. They call it the bogey games. You know, he hit that three mm-hmm. uh, uh, with about uh, one and a half seconds to go. And, you know, Milwaukee's a good team, obviously. You can argue that they were the best. Who knows? Maybe we'll, uh, I guess we'll find out. I mean, not under the truest sense in the way that we normally do, but obviously, Antetokounmpo, Middleton, Bledsoe, you know, I read their roster, but we know what it is. They've got some quality players there. And I was thinking about the Jazz, you know. How far away are they from being a legitimate, serious contender? I think you have to put them in the ballpark contending phrase, camp, whatever. It wouldn't be just completely out of the blue if they got to a conference final. Uh, and so not, not necessarily now with Bogdanovich out, but, you know, when it gets back to, to next year, as far as that goes, how that would play out. Uh, how far away are they? Because that on that night, they looked really good. 
and it was fun to see that they played so well. It was a great game. They almost blew it. I mean, they were up by eight with less than two minutes to go, and the, obviously the score got tied there, and then Bogdanovich hits that shot. So as I'm watching that fourth quarter, when Con- Con- one of the games Conley was playing, now they didn't have uh, Clarkson yet because that was earlier in the season, and they had Exum, and of course Exum was in a suit looking good but not contributing. He's gone now, and Clarkson is here. But it remained, the question that came to my mind was, how far away are they from being an absolute serious contender? I think there's two potential answers to that, and and I can't, I probably can't prove either one of them. This is my opinion. Uh, add one really good player, one really good all-around player, or uh, kind of the way Hornacek was one more really good all-around player who elevated that Jazz team. Not to the champion, but from a team that went out in the first or second round quite a bit. And they went to one conference final before Hornacek, and once they got them, they went to four. Obviously won a couple of them, lost a couple of them. Uh, So I think adding one player like that does it. Moves them out of that, hey, we're in the low 50s in terms of wins, which is I think is where they are now, and moves them, Uh we're into the high 50s. Now, that doesn't necessarily get you to the finals. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. You know, We've seen injuries deep in playoffs play a big role. You know, is there a 65-win team? You know, how much do the, do the Warriors age from here and LeBron age from here going forward? How, you know, how, how good do they stay? So there's a lot of questions. But I think that's one. And then the other one is you've got to wait for Donovan Mitchell to play in the playoffs another three or four years. And that that's, three or four years? Yeah, that that's it. Well, when he Whoa. gets to when he gets to twenty seven, that's where guys typically, you know, Shaq and Jordan and LeBron, they were all much better playoff players at twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine than they were at twenty two, twenty three, twenty four. Okay, the problem with that is if I've got to wait I know. three or four years, then it isn't this team. Right, I, I get that. Because at that point, all the guys who are in their early 30s, you know, uh, Ingles, uh, Bogdanovich. Well, it's Bogdanovich, Ingles, and Conley. And Conley, you're right. Yeah, those three guys, you're right. Yeah, they're not, I, I, you're, you're spot on with that. But I think those are two things. You know, how do the Jazz get there? Well, those are the two things I look at. Three or four years how old, is, how old is Donovan now? Is this his... Uh, 23? I think you're right, yeah. I just, I just don't see that many... 20, there, there are a few 23-year-olds who've been great in the postseason. Tim Duncan was. Uh, Bird was. Magic was. You know, but you're going to all-time all-timers. Uh, Kobe. And, and you're going to bigger guys. Now, Kobe's closer. You know, he's not a 6'9", 7', you know, 6'11", 7'' guy. Yeah, I think you're going to see the height isn't going to matter as much because height in the league doesn't matter as much, just generally speaking. Uh, The thing about that, uh, you know, you are going all-timers and and you're you're going top 10 all-timers. I mean, you're a top 10 all-timer. You know, it's it's argue whether you're 5th or 10th. Who cares? If you tell me that I could get to be the 10th best player ever to play whatever, I'm probably going to sign off and say, yep, I'll be absolutely content with that. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, that's just a high, high level, obviously. Uh, but just I, those guys, I'd like to think, well, the guys who haven't done it, they were in a different situation 
Like Jordan, and I'm not comparing Mitchell to Jordan by any stretch, but Jordan, I think, was a little older when he hit his prime because he played three years of college ball. And Mitchell played two, so there's only a year difference there. Uh, I think you got to put Jordan off to the side. Because once you just even mention his name, you're just being ridiculous. Uh, somebody else, like a Dwayne Wade maybe, you know, something that might be a little bit more attainable. Uh in that way, uh, how many did, did Dwayne played three years, and then when he came in the league, I'd have to double check this. I don't know. Was he given the ball immediately in the way that Donovan Mitchell was given the ball immediately? That and I can remember that first week, first couple of weeks of Mitchell's rookie year. I'm thinking. What is Snyder doing here? <laughs> right. <laughs> like this is okay. A three for seventeen. Yeah. What are we? Yeah. Right. But, but they'd seen him they'd seen him in Yeah, September. and obviously it was right. And, and all, Snyder yeah. Snyder knew what he was doing and I didn't. Yeah. And so yeah, and so he, the kid had his struggles and yeah, that's predictable though. But the the point that that they made and the point that I'm making is they gave him the ball essentially from day one. And that was gutsy, man. Because I'm scratching my head. I watch a lot of ball, talk to guys. I'm thinking, wow, man, this seems outrageous for this kid. Who is this kid? Why are they doing this? But they knew. They knew. And I can remember Paul George came in at the time, and somebody asked him about Mitchell. And it was it might have only been the first couple of weeks. And Paul George said, well, we have the same agent. And I saw him work out. And so, yeah, I knew. And I'm thinking, all right, well, Paul George, he knew. So if he knew... You know, and then probably they other folks did, did did too, and it was the right thing to do. So the point I'm making is I'm hoping that we don't have to wait, as you say, the three to four years, because he got force fed so much earlier that maybe his developmental scale will be quicker. So Dwayne Wade got got shots at about the same rate as Mitchell. Mitchell's first three years, 17, 20, 19 and a half shots per game. Wade, 13, 17, 19, 19. So pretty similar. And now Wade won a title in 2006, but he still had Shaq. And although it wasn't peak Shaq, it was still really good Shaq. Yeah. So, you know, now Shaq uh, slips and then he leaves. And and Wade's shots go up to like 22 a game. You know, and he's an all-star and he's 27, but he didn't have another all-star around him until they bring in uh, LeBron. Yeah. So, and that's, but then, then, of course, Wade is, when he's winning titles, he's late 20s, early 30s. You know, those, those four golden years uh, with LeBron, he's late 20s, early 30s. So, all right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. All right, controversy at... Oklahoma State and Barry Trammell will join us, sports columnist for the Oklahoma, newsok.com. We love having him on the show. He can also talk about the NBA restarting and how Oklahoma City is embracing or not embracing this idea. Chris Paul obviously plays for the Thunder. Plenty of topics to hit with Barry Trammell next.